Down the Lines podcast with Tyler Hunt. You know, it doesn't make sense. He's out there. He's trying to get open, but he can't get open. Like, why is he still on the team? That's a go, Tigers. You know, Joe Burrow, he was the one. (laughs) What's Brian Kelly going to do? I don't know. And now your host, Tyler Hunt. Hello and welcome to episode number 133 of Down the Lines. I'm your host, Tyler, and today we're going to talk about the new coaches on this staff. And with what's going on in the recruiting world, I think it's a good time to talk about the coaching staff. Now, the entire coaching staff is new, practically, um, and there's good things about that. There's bad things about that. But if you look at the recruiting landscape right now, You've got players from Louisiana leaving the state almost as a mass exodus. And everyone is worried about it. So let's take a second to take a step back, look at the entire picture, look at right now, and look at six months from now, when these guys are going to sign. So, first off, yes, it doesn't look great that LSU right now has six commits. They're ranked 37th or wherever it is. I forgot to check right before I got on here. The highest ranked recruit is a tight end, not even from Louisiana. You have one guy from Louisiana. There are four five-star prospects in Louisiana, none of them are committed to LSU. You really only have a shot at one of them. Eh, yeah, it doesn't look good. doesn't look good at all. But remember, Brian Kelly has yet to coach a game for LSU. Now, yes, I know, coaches go into places, they get immediate recruits from the school that they just came from. Um, Brian Kelly had to completely reinvent this roster so he could play a football game this year, which meant he had to go, he had to re-recruit a bunch of players on the team, and he had to go get 37 new players to get the team to be around 80, 85 scholarship players so you could field a team that had half enough depth to compete at all in the SEC. Now, Brian Kelly will be and should be judged by winning and losing on the field and in recruiting battles. Now, if we look at right now what's going on, five-star safety from Lafayette, commits to Texas, five-star number one player, Arch Manning, the next Manning in line, commits to Texas, whoopty freaking do Guess what? He was never coming to LSU. You never had a shot at him because the Mannings don't like LSU, don't like the home state, and will never play a game 
in Tiger Stadium wearing the purple and gold. It's just what it is. The five-star safety went to go play with Arch Manning because he's supposedly the next quarterback since... Uh, you know, he, he's the next Trevor Lawrence. He's the next Peyton Manning. You know, he he's the next Tom Brady because his last name is Manning. Is he going to win a national championship in college? Probably not. Will he win a Super Bowl? Maybe, but the kid's 18. You never had a shot at getting him. The kid from Westgate wants to go play from him because the dude's last name is Manning. It's just you don't get guys like that. Is that Brian Kelly's fault? No. You can't tell these 18-year-old kids what to do. Brian Kelly has to put on the field people who want to play for LSU. Now, whenever you lose Verge Osbury's son, who's a five-star linebacker who spent all 13 of his years at U-High on campus at LSU and he decides to go somewhere else, does that suck? Yes. But also... How many of you went away for college? And if you didn't go to college, how many of you moved out your mother's house as soon as you turned to 18 or as soon as you had the chance to do so? This kid's been in Baton Rouge, been on LSU's campus for 18 years. He hasn't committed anywhere yet, but I can see him not committing to LSU because he just wants to leave home, which is fine. You lose players like that every single year. This year, it seems to be more. But at the same time, it's June. Well, by the time you're listening to us, it'll be July. Signing day is in December. LSU still has 12, possibly 13 games to play before signing day, the early signing day. And then you have the signing day in February. And if you believe in the coaches that LSU has, if you believe that you have the right pieces in place, Mike Denbrock, Frank Wilson, um, if you believe you have all the right coaches, he made all the right hires, he's got hires for Louisiana, he's got hires for National, he's got hires from the NFL, all of that is going to come together and you're going to end up putting the right product on the field, and you're going to get recruits to come to LSU. Are we 40th ranked recruiting class in the nation because we have six commits at the end of June? Sure. But at the end of July, how many do we have? At the end of August, how many do we have? When you go and you steal a five-star offensive lineman from Ohio, who doesn't go to Ohio State? Is Ohio State going to melt down? No. Do you want them to? Yes. But they're not going to. And the reason they're not going to is because, you know, Ryan Day is going to have four or five five-star wide receivers come in. You know, LSU has their whole stockade full of wide receivers who are going to go pro, play in the NFL, be very good NFL players, but also be very good college football players so on the recruiting front should you worry a little bit maybe but at the same time whenever it comes December if you still have six commits your highest commit is a tight end and is 148th 
ranked player in the country, then you should be worried. But right now you have five-star wide receiver in Baton Rouge who is a LSU lean. If you get him in the boat, him in the boat, you get a couple more high commits in the boat. LSU is not going to go this entire recruiting cycle and not get a top 100 player. LSU is going to finish with five, six, seven, eight top 100 players. They're going to finish top 10, 15 in the country. Will they have eight of the top 10 players in Louisiana? Probably not. But they also weren't going to from the beginning. Like I just said, Virgil Allsbury was going to go somewhere else. Uh, Manning. Uh, Arch Manning was going to go somewhere else from the beginning. Eli Holstein, quarterback from Zachary, number four ranked player in the state, is committed to Alabama. I don't think he was ever going to go to LSU. I don't think you need Arch Manning or Holstein to go to LSU because you have Walker Howard who is yet to play a game who was the number one quarterback in the state last year? So why do you, why do you need Arch Manning? Yeah, you want to have depth. You want to have uh, the best players in the state come. But you have Walker Howard. He's the best player in the state last year. You were ecstatic whenever Brian Kelly was able to keep him here because he decommitted as soon as Ogeron was fired. It's... Brian Kelly comes in, gets him to stay, gets Will Campbell to stay, gets Emory Jones to stay. And with all with all of that, you're still questioning if Brian Kelly's a good recruiter. Now, I was going to come on here today, talk about all the new coaches we have. I'll save that for the next pod. I wanted to get I, – I just wanted to talk about recruiting on the front because – Right now, if you look at all the big commitments that are being made, uh, Ohio State had a string of five-star receivers that committed like four days in a row. Texas gets Arch Manning, and then they get nine commits in a week, including a five-star safety from the state of Louisiana. Does that look great? Absolutely not. But at the same time, it's July the beginning of July, you have yet to play a single game under Brian Kelly. You have all all the coaches here are new. Now, a whole lot of these guys who are committing to Texas, committing to Ohio State, committing to Alabama, committing to Georgia, those coaches have been there for years. I mean, Sark is in his second year at Texas, but... I think that's more of Arch Manning going to Texas than it is Sarkeesian uh, recruiting them to Texas. You know what I'm saying? Um, but at the same time, Arch holds all the power in that commit in, in, in that recruiting class. You get if say Arch Manning decommits from Texas at some point in the season or before signing day, say he flips to Ole Miss or Texas A&M, something of those lines. Not, not going to say 90%, but a whole lot of those recruits who committed to play with Arch Manning at Texas are also going to flip to wherever they play. Now, NIL has some uh, a big spot in all of this, and LSU is probably behind on that. 
but they're going to catch up. Look at the baseball program. They're doing nothing but getting the best players in the country. Number one signing class. Number one, it's got to be number one transfer class. There's no way any other program has gotten All-American pitcher, um, three-year starter at shortstop from Vanderbilt. Possible number one draft pick from a couple of years from Vanderbilt. UCLA's best freshman pitcher. I mean, you've got, you see what the baseball team is doing. If it's a NIL problem, the football team is going to figure it out. Are they behind Texas A&M and Texas and Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State? Possibly for now. But here's the thing. There's only so many players that commit that can commit to those programs and play. A lot of them are going to commit as freshmen. And because of this new world we live in, they're going to see that they're not going to be able to play there and they're going to transfer after a year and go to programs like LSU, go to Ole Miss, go, go to these other schools who maybe don't have the uh, NIL money at the beginning, but second year they've made a little bit of change and they realize, hey, I need to go somewhere and play so I can make real money and make it to the NFL. that's going to be what's interesting to see. Now, come November, we're going to see where this class stands. Next week, I'm going to talk about some prospects that uh, LSU was looking at, um, in-state prospects, national prospects. I'm going to, I'm going to give up a, a better view of the recruiting world and how LSU wants, before I just start breaking down the, uh, positions and everything like that. I want to give a recruiting update who we've got in, who we're looking at, how it's going to come down at the end of the season. But I just wanted to put this out there because it might look bad right now in June, July, sorry. But come December, Say, say, say we we go nine and three, ten and two this year. This class isn't going to be ranked fortieth. It's not going to be under Vanderbilt. This class is going to shoot up. Players in Louisiana are going to commit to LSU. Five star players from out of Louisiana are going to want to come to LSU. They're going to want to continue their tradition, and they're going to get paid. It's 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 all fine. It's all okay. Next week, like I said, I'll I'll start breaking down um, the coaches that we have. I'm kind of going to go through the coaches as I go through the positions uh, in a couple of weeks. Whenever I break down how LSU looks at each position, um, on our next pod, I was going to do position battles which I might touch on, but we're going to see what the next pod consists of. It's going to come out uh, Saturday, probably. Um, but that's all I have for you today. I know I'm rambling here at the end, but I want to leave you with 
LSU is going to be okay in recruiting. They're fine. Yes, it looks bad now, but in December, let's see how it looks. If it's the worst class in the SEC in December, then, oh my God, maybe Brian Kelly was the worst hire ever. But that's not how it's going to be. You also still have the transfer portal. You don't want to build your team through that. You want to supplement your team through that. But there's all these outlets. And Brian Kelly is really, 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 really good. And he's going to figure it out. And that's what I have for you today on Down the Lines. (laughs) I hope you catch me Friday whenever I'm not rambling on so much and griping about uh, recruiting class. Um, But we'll see what I talk about Saturday. And I will catch y'all down the lines.